Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. A behavioral neuroscientist in Switzerland suspected that a deficit in cellular energy might explain the lack of motivation that anxiety-prone people experience. Do mitochondria play a role in our mental health? Carmen Sandy recalls the skepticism she faced at first. Sandy is a behavioral neuroscientist at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Lausanne. She had followed a hunch that something going on inside critical neural circuits could explain anxious behavior. She suspected something beyond brain cells and the synaptic connections between them. The experiments she began in 2013 showed that neurons involved in anxiety-related behaviors showed abnormalities. Their mitochondria, the organelles often described as cellular power plants, didn't work well. They produced curiously low levels of energy. Those results suggested that mitochondria might be involved in stress-related symptoms in the animals. But that idea ran contrary to the synaptocentric vision of the brain held by many neuroscientists at the time. Her colleagues found it hard to believe Sandy's evidence that in anxious individuals, at least in rats, mitochondria inside key neurons might be important. Here's Sandy talking with reporter Elizabeth Landau. Yeah, they were very skeptical. (laughs) Then whenever I presented the data, they told me it's very interesting, but you got it wrong. Saying the mitochondria is not going to be different. It's just going to be very dynamic, which is true, we know, but only as if it could be modified by the activity of the circuit and nothing else. And this is not true. A growing number of scientists have joined her during the past decade or so. They wonder whether mitochondria might be fundamental not just to our general physical well-being, but specifically to our mental health. In particular, they've explored whether mitochondria affect how we respond to stress and conditions like anxiety and depression. Much of the evidence so far is preliminary, but it points to a substantial connection. Mitochondria seem to be central to the very existence of a stress response, serving both as mediators of it and targets for the damage it can do. To some of the researchers involved in this work, the stress response even looks kind of like mitochondria work together throughout the body to interact with neurological processing. Martin Picard is with Columbia University's Irving Medical Center in New York. His lab has helped pioneer this research. Here's Picard with reporter Elizabeth Landau. I think neurons are overrated. They're (laughs) containers for mitochondria. Picard calls mitochondria the chief executive organelle of the cell. Now scientists can explore how important organelles might be for future therapies. Mitochondria are the tiny structures inside complex cells. These eukaryotic cells manufacture adenosine triphosphate, or ATP, the chemical fuel for most metabolic processes. Lisa Kalinchuk is vice president for research at the University of Victoria in Canada. ATP is like the energy our cells use to be active, to do anything that they do. They need this energy so they can divide so they can react to signals from other cells, so they can respond to things in their environment. So they use this ATP. 
So mitochondria work by creating ATP at the sort of fundamental level that then allows cells to do all sorts of other things. These organelles are ancient invaders. They're the remnants of symbiotic bacteria that integrated themselves into host cells about two billion years ago. They're specialized for energy production. Mitochondria still carry a small amount of DNA of their own, but with just 37 genes, they have less genetic material than any living bacteria. A relationship between mitochondria and disease started to become apparent in 1975. That's when Douglas Wallace and his colleagues, then at Yale University, described an association between mitochondrial DNA and a genetic disorder. During the 1990s, researchers linked the effects of mutations in mitochondrial DNA to other conditions. One in 5,000 people has an inherited mitochondrial disease of some sort. That disease can lead to diabetes, vision and hearing problems, learning difficulties, and other disorders. But it's only been in the last decade or so that scientists have seriously explored the influence of mitochondria on mental health and well-being. Carmen Sandy's work sprang from an intuition that mitochondria might alter the operation of select brain pathways. Our brains eat up 20% of the oxygen our bodies take in, even though the brain only accounts for 2% of our weight. Sandy hypothesized a deficit of cellular energy production in critical neural circuits might explain an overall lack of motivation and self-esteem seen in anxiety-prone people. So when thinking what could be differences, of course, because some of the decision-making neural circuits that decide whether or not to engage energy, they have a sensing mechanism. So I thought that maybe there could be differences in how these neural circuits in more anxious individuals or those that are more vulnerable maybe have metabolic or mitochondrial capacities that are less capable of coping under high demands whenever there is uh, the need to have a sustained effort or when there is stress. So it was a little bit of intuition, as you can imagine, but then we had to see if we could find it. When Sandy put rats in competition to establish a social hierarchy, she saw that the animals with less anxiety were more likely to acquire dominant rank. Further studies showed that these less anxious animals had greater mitochondrial function in the nucleus accumbens. That's a part of the brain vital to motivated behavior and the production of effort. Other research unearthed further ties between stress and mitochondria. In 2018, Martin Picard and stress research pioneer Bruce McEwen, who died earlier this year, published a meta-analysis of 23 studies on mitochondria and anxiety. 19 demonstrated significant adverse effects of psychological stress on mitochondria. The other four noted changes in mitochondrial size or function in response to stress. In 2018, Anke Hoffman of the Museum of Natural History in Berlin and Dietmar Spengler of the Max Planck Institute of Psychiatry in Munich wrote a review article published in Frontiers in Behavioral Neuroscience. It summarized evidence that mitochondria could mediate the brain's structural and functional responses to early life stress and serve as a subcellular substrate in the programming process. 
The experimental evidence for connections between mitochondrial function and mental health is still tentative and has important limitations, but it's strong enough to convince scientists to look deeper. One mystery still under investigation? What exactly happens to mitochondria under stress? Picard's best guess is that it starts when a trigger for stress makes cells in the adrenal glands release the hormone cortisol. It's the mitochondria in those cells that synthesize the hormone. Cortisol then travels through the body in the blood. Specialized receptors carry the cortisol to the nuclei of cells, where it activates about 1,000 genes to help cells prepare for the fight-or-flight response. But the receptors also ferry some of the incoming cortisol into the mitochondria, where it interacts with the mitochondrial DNA and makes energy production more efficient. In effect, mitochondria in adrenal glands produce the stress hormone, and it travels to other mitochondria throughout the body, bringing about an integrated stress response. Here's Picard again. Excuse the reporter's typing under his voice. It creates a beautiful situation that hasn't been discussed or developed very much. It's increasingly clear that mitochondria you know, do communicate with each other a lot and that their communication and coordination of their function is essential for human health. As the mitochondria adjust in response to those signals, they may change shape. They might transform from a bean shape to an elongated spaghetti-like structure. They might split apart or fuse with one another. Disrupting these fusion and fission processes can lead to cell damage and even death. Picard compares this disruption to social isolation. You know, I think mitochondria are like little social creatures. When they can't be social with one another, there's a cost and they don't do as well. Most techniques for studying mitochondria in living brain cells can't be used on humans. Still, the few studies that have found ways to explore the problem in people point to a link. One was a 2019 study in psychoneuroendocrinology led by Caroline Trumpf, a postdoctoral researcher in Picard's lab. She and her collaborators, Anna Marsland and Brett Kaufman at the University of Pittsburgh, looked at a small sample of healthy middle-aged adults. They found an association between acute psychological stress and a rapid surge in short segments of mitochondrial DNA floating outside cells. Cells normally release pieces of mitochondrial DNA like this when they're injured or diseased. The effect was more pronounced in men than in women. Identifying how that kind of stress-related mitochondrial damage occurs is a work in progress. Sandy says one likely explanation is that overactivity by mitochondria in response to stress makes them generate more of the molecules called reactive oxygen species, which can be toxic for cells. Scientists also seem to agree that ATP is involved. Here's Martin Picard again. The ability that the body has to be sensitive to the outside world and then to mount a response internally is all energy-driven, you know, from the very little change that happens when you turn on a gene and you make RNA that requires ATP to make a protein requires ATP to assemble protein into complexes requires ATP and then the function of those proteins enzymes you know requires ATP and uh, so molecular cellular and then organismal and of course you know things like brain function requires tons of energy 
Studies suggest that overly stressed animals may show dampened ATP production, which can impair many processes, but especially cell division. This is especially relevant to the hippocampus, a brain structure vital for memory encoding, learning, emotion, and processing stress. It's one of the few parts of the brain where, even in adult mammals, there's some evidence that new neurons may be created all the time. Mitochondria are ubiquitous in the body, but their structural and functional diversity within tissues and within individual cells offers ways in which mitochondrial damage could be felt differently in specific brain pathways. Carmen Minaccio and Alessandro Prigioni of Heinrich Heine University in Germany discussed this in a June review in the International Journal of Biochemistry and Cell Biology. Researchers have found that mitochondria are often anchored at key positions within neurons, such as near the synapses. This apparently helps the cells function. Mitochondrial effects might also be exerted through the brain's non-neuronal glial cells, These cells do things like protect neurons in a layer of myelin and support neurons' health. Neurons sometimes eliminate damaged mitochondria, and these cells send them healthy mitochondria. If stress disrupts any of these processes, it could have an impact on anxiety disorders. Lisa Kalinchuk of the University of Victoria says the field of psychiatry needs new therapeutic drugs, especially to treat depression. The currently used ones have been used for quite a long time. They're basically serotonergic drugs that we've been using for 50, 60, 70 years. There are some new compounds now in development that are in clinical trial that show some promise that have different mechanisms of action, and that's great. Kalinchuk says interventions aimed at the mitochondria might help people vulnerable to stress, depression, and anxiety. Her lab is looking at the potential antidepressant effects of a large extracellular protein called relin. It provides a scaffold for migrating cells and facilitates intercellular communication. Stress reduces the levels of relin in lab animals, and this drop seems to stem from the mitochondrial response. What's interesting about it is that it works right away. We gave it to the animals, and I'll be honest with you, I was skeptical that this would work. But we gave it to the animals, and the next day we saw an antidepressant response, which was really exciting. So it seems to have a rapid antidepressant effect in animals, so very early days. And that was when we infused it directly into the brain. And then we thought, well, if it's going to be clinically relevant, we have to show that it works when we give it peripherally, because that's how a person would take it. They'd want to pop a pill or they'd want to take it orally. And so we did another experiment where we repeated it, but we gave it to the animals peripherally, and it worked again. Early results published in January of this year, in which Relin was tested on rats, look promising. Carmen Sandy's lab showed in 2017 that the anti-anxiety drug diazepam increases mitochondrial function in rats. She and her colleagues also demonstrated last January that a mitochondria-boosting supplement protected mice vulnerable to behaviors associated with depression in humans. Drug companies are working with her on further preclinical investigations into therapies that would boost mitochondrial output. Sandy is also gathering information about metabolites related to mitochondrial function. Martin Picard of Columbia University is more skeptical about the potential of developing drug therapies aimed at mitochondria. I think behavioral interventions are 
a much more powerful kind of holistic intervention that are likely to help the system reach a more optimal state. I think in many cases, drugs are very good to make some symptoms disappear because they suppress a receptor, they suppress different processes, but then the body or the cell or the mitochondria need to kind of work hard to reestablish a new equilibrium. Picard calls behavioral modifications like exercise as possibly the best thing you could do for your mitochondria. Stress is way too complicated to be reduced to a single cause or a simple pathway. Matthew Hershey of Duke University's Molecular Physiology Institute suspects that cortisol is a major driver of the relationship between mitochondria and stress and that there are links to metabolism. But he also emphasizes that these mechanisms are not the whole story. Hershey says it's clear that mitochondria are important for proper neurological function. He says neurons are tremendously active cells that require a lot of energy production to make action potentials. They need mitochondria to do this. But Hershey says we really don't know if and how external psychological stressors influence neuronal mitochondrial function. To Hershey, it's more important to see the role of mitochondria as a piece of a much larger puzzle of anxiety and stress physiology. But it's a piece that's energized a growing number of researchers. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Elizabeth Landau's full article, Mitochondria May Hold Keys to Anxiety and Mental Health, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Did neurons evolve twice? Explore the answer in the Quanta book, Alice and Bob Meet the Ball of Fire, published by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore.